Welcome to the very first episode of this brand new podcast, Pause, Purpose, Possibility. I'm Chris Johnson of the Milkweed Group, and I'm joined today by my friends and milkweed colleagues, Kelly Shu, Colleen Peterson, and Kelsey Maddox. They've been helping me for several months now to bring this new venture to life. We've been learning together from the ground up about how to do this, figuring out the technical sides, imagining possibilities, and crafting a vision. So many dimensions of the work before the work. And we also knew that as new and unfamiliar as this is, especially for me, we would have to start somewhere. So we decided that this first episode would in fact focus on starting something new. There may be a range of reasons to consider starting something new. Maybe your heart tells you it's time to let go, to free yourself from what's holding you back or sucking you dry. Maybe the pandemic helped you to realize that you just couldn't continue in the same old ruts. What came to be called the Great Resignation seemed to be an expression of pent-up restlessness or discontent. And the Great Reimagination of widespread impulses to seek adventure, to explore and discover new horizons, to reconnect what you do with who you truly are. Or as my friend and mentor, the author and educator, activist Parker Palmer likes to put it, to reunite soul and role. Whether it's about breaking out of old ruts or pushing toward new horizons, trying something new might be even more deeply driven by the need to live more fully into your sense of who you are, your sense of vocation or calling, your sense of identity, meaning, purpose, connection, contribution. My own life's work for many years now has been helping others to discover and claim their callings, so that will likely be a prominent thread weaving through this podcast series. That I'm launching a podcast at all is, as I've said, a brand new thing for me. Both a huge surprise and a reimagining, a deepening and extending of my own calling. It feels like, at least I hope it will be, a new way for me to be more fully who I am in the world. Of course, new things may arise out of sheer necessity or even desperation on your own timeline, or very much on someone else's timeline. Life happens, and sometimes it hurts or terrifies us. As William Stafford says in his wondrous little poem, The Way It Is, tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop time's unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. So in really important and true and necessary ways, starting something new is simply part of what it is to be human. We are wired to seek out the new, to be drawn to the novel. Evolution and biology like it when we live toward what's over the horizon or right around the corner. Our hope as we begin this podcast, including this episode's focus on starting something new, is that we let it come to life, 
that we cooperate with the currents that want it to come into the world through us, rather than grasping or clenching or forcing it into existence. I think you'll sense a bit of that flavor, that spirit, as you listen now to Kelly, Colleen, and Kelsey's interview, quasi-interview, with me in this conversation among the four of us about starting something new. And please stay with us afterward for something we hope to offer each time, some big questions of the week, and a practice or action step to take with you. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Johnson, and welcome to Pause, Purpose, Possibility. Hi, I'm Chris, and you're all in my living room in Minneapolis. It is a lovely fall uh, evening. Uh, we've got a couple of cats wandering in and out, and uh, we're all just at home here. We really love each other's company. We love the conversations that we have, and we invite whoever's listening to join us. Pull up a chair, uh, cushion on the on the floor. Let us know if you are allergic to the cats, and we'll <laughs> ask them to um, entertain themselves elsewhere. But in the meantime, um, I am joined by Kelsey and Colleen and Kelly, who are going to say hi in their own ways for just a brief minute, and then we'll get rolling on this first episode of Pause, Purpose, Possibility, uh, and a conversation about what it means to start something new. Here we go. Hi, I'm Kelly. We're doing our milkweed thing tonight, as Chris mentioned, and we're we decided to just gather like we do every few weeks and finally record our first episode, which has been building up for many years. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're here trying something new. Um. I'm Kelsey, and I'm delighted to be in this space with these people and this topic and with all of you. Um, who have chosen to listen. And I'm Colleen. Um, I'm also excited to be here. This is something that's been, we've talked about for a long time, and there's a lot of anticipation and excitement about it. So here we go. And as Chris mentioned, the theme of our episode is, how do you know it's time to try something new? So Chris... Yes. We have some questions for you. Okay, great. Part of the purpose of creating this podcast, as we've had discussions over the years, is that we we wanted to hear your voice. It has been impactful to those of us here. We know we've heard that shared through many others who have been graced by your presence in their lives. So that is why this first episode is um, us getting to hear your voice. Mm. So Chris, what story would you like to share about your own experience trying something new? Hmm. Thanks for the question. Thanks for being here, for being the people you are in the world, for pressing forward with this idea. As has already been mentioned, it's been lingering out there in the universe for a few years now. Um, Story. It's a really lovely question and 
one that I'm going to want to think about more and invite anybody who's listening, of course, to go into your own lives to think about stories of times when you have been uh, prodded or invited or called or forced <laughs> to try something new. What's emerging right at the moment, though, is um, what's emerging is uh, a moment, probably a series of moments, when I was in, uh, heaven help us, junior high. <laughs> Not a time in my life where I like to revisit, and uh, uh, and yet that's where I'm being pulled back uh, to, well, one thing kind of led to another. Pieces that are emerging have to do with uh, eighth grade English, um, Mrs. Miller's class, uh, all year long. Uh, we've been having different units throughout the year, maybe one or two or three weeks at a time. And this memory is, uh, I want to say, sometime in the spring. We've been together for a while as a class. People have gotten used to each other. Uh, Mrs. Miller has gotten used to who we are. Uh, and it's pretty predictable that uh, one of my classmates named Todd, who uh, liked to screw around every day, he was the class clown, the, the class uh, gadfly, the class troublemaker. At any rate, at the beginning of this particular day, uh, Mrs. Miller begins to begins class by telling us, so today, class, we're going to be starting a new unit. And sure enough, we could all predict it. Todd, from the back seat, back row, his corner seat, made some kind of snarky remark. I don't remember what it was, but it was uh, off the cuff, and it was it was not constructive. Uh, he was just playing his role. And the thing that happened different though this time was that Mrs. Miller leaped over the desk and came charging down the aisle and grabbed Todd by the scruff of his neck and heaved him out of his chair and pushed him in front of her back up the aisle uh, and out the door which slammed behind them, and we're all sitting there in class, just completely dumbfounded, jaws on the floor, feel like we can't breathe for uh, what, in my memory, feels like five, ten minutes. It must have not been more than 15 seconds. But this gap of horror and disbelief at what we've just seen happen. And, uh, and again, within maybe 15 seconds, the door opens and Todd comes back into the room first, followed by Mrs. Miller, and they take positions side by side in front of the desk, in front of the room, and have this grand sweeping bow together. And Todd announces the uh, new unit that will be uh, that we're beginning today is the unit in drama. And they bow again, <laughs> and we all applaud, and uh, and. Uh, that, again, just blew me away. And many years later, I have returned to it again and again as a model of just spectacular teaching pedagogy of her skill at being able to co-opt the class um, uh, disruptor and uh, convince him to help her do the teaching, uh, all of which set the stage for my answer to your question, Kelly, was that that also uh, planted a seed in this incredibly nerdy, shy, quiet, bookish 
uh, afraid of my own shadow, uh, junior high kid, uh, so that um, within not that many weeks after that, um, I was trying out for the speech team, and which led to um, the next year, ninth grade English. Uh, our class did a performance, a half-hour performance of the Christmas Carol at the uh, little nursing home across the street from the junior high. And yours truly was cast as Ebenezer Scrooge, lead role. Uh, and uh, the seeds for those kinds of things, I went on to be a real uh, geeky theater nerd all the way through high school and into college uh, and became a teacher. And the seeds for both of those kinds of things, uh, stepping out of my comfort zone, finding my voice, putting myself in front of people in vulnerable ways uh, to teach and to, and to entertain, uh, to make connections, to um, uh, uh, hold space with people in ways that bring them to voice. I would say that so many of the seeds of who I've been and the kinds of things I've done over the years since junior high uh, grew out of those kinds of moments. And that one in particular where Mrs. Miller and Todd uh, uh, invited us to um, imagine new ways of being in the world. And that I think is maybe a way of thinking about what my life has been since then. Did that work as an answer to your question? Wonderful. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't heard that story yet. Uh, well, mm -hmm. there you go. It was fun to relive it. Uh, and, of course, that's getting to be more and more years ago. <laughs> so thanks for the chance to remember it. Before I can't remember it anymore. <laughs> theater kid coming up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can see the delight in your face of that moment. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. It was so powerful. Hmm. I don't know this for sure. I think maybe Todd is no longer with us. I think I remember seeing mm -hmm. that on a class Facebook post somewhere along the way. And I have no idea about Mrs. Miller. Mm -hmm. I did try looking up during pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, I, as w many people experienced that time, it was an opportunity for me to, or an occasion for me to think back and be grateful for many of the relationships that have formed me over time. And so, uh, and as everyone's life was being disrupted in unpredictable ways, by pandemic and quarantine and lockdown and all that, I did give some effort to trying to find people from across the decades in my life and uh, um, uh, learned much to my sadness that um, a couple of other of my really formative teachers from grade school, junior high, high school, uh, have also since passed away. And one of them in particular, had died just weeks before I went looking. Mm -hmm. And so that uh, that hurt. Uh, missed opportunity. Why had I waited so long? And also uh, wished that I'd had the, or had made the opportunity to reach out sooner and to, even across the decades, express gratitude and 
awe and wonder at the the kind of impact that they were still having in my life decades later. Are awe and wonder integral to trying something new? Oh, spectacular, yes. Awe, wonder, astonishment. Yes, uh, both as an outcome to trying something new, and of course it can also, trying something new can also lead to outcomes like failure and embarrassment and regret and, and so on. But I would say even more uh, commonly and more powerfully are awe and wonder and astonishment and gratitude and uh, life-giving uh, relationships and surprise, um, new learning, certainly. I have a, a colleague, friend, a mentor of sorts, uh, who... Uh, holds a lot of, has held in the years that I've known him, has held some really significant uh, leadership roles in universities around the country. When I first met him, he would sign his emails, awe and wonder, Jim. <laughs> and I just, that just completely floored me as a way for an educational professional to sign their <laughs> official, you know, emails with a uh, rather than warmly or sincerely or yours truly or any of the conventional ones, to sign them awe and wonder, just sent spectacular messages about uh, what uh, is important in the world. So to answer your question, Kelsey, mm -hmm. yes, awe and wonder, astonishment are, I think, integral to what it is both that are, are outcomes to trying something new and can also uh, be fuel or motivators for trying something new. Uh, mm. tr the the decision or the courage or the uh, gumption uh, to try something new can be springboarded out of a sense of awe, wonder, astonishment, gratitude uh, in response to which I'm going to take a risk now or I'm going to um, set aside uh, fear, anxiety, hesitation, uh, lack of self-confidence, whatever it might be, and just go for it uh, as a response to awe, wonder, astonishment. Mm. Yeah. So, so in the spirit of ingredients, you perhaps already answered this, but in what ways have you navigated some of the uncertainty, vulnerabilities, or fear of trying something new. I heard you. I heard you note just now that oh, you set it aside, but I'm wondering what that looks like or how you have experienced that. Another really delicious question. Um, <laughs> the first thing that occurs to me is that I am better able to set aside fear, hesitation, anxiety, lack of self uh, confidence, sense of enoughness, and so on when I remember, allow myself to remember that I am not alone and that anything that I have done across my life that has been meaningful, 
in any measure worthwhile has been in the company of and on the shoulders of other people. Uh, none of us is ever alone and I am better able to access my better self when I recognize that myself is never alone. That I uh, am always embedded in and a product of and uh, inspired by the people I am with, including the people who are with me right now in this living room, including the cats. Um, uh, so that's that's the first thing that occurs to me is uh, being able to summon from within me what I hope is going to help something new to happen uh, when I know that I'm not doing it by myself, that I have help, I have encouragement, I have people who believe in me, who are cheering me on. And uh, folks listening, if you could look around the room right now and see these beautiful smiling faces nodding so vigorously, uh, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, uh, is, is connection, uh, relationship, ways in which our uh, who we are is always the product of the company we keep. Did that begin to answer your question? Oh, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> um, well, I, I think you're capturing it beautifully, but um, kind of the, these ingredients of, of starting something oh, yeah. new. So okay. in, in what ways have you navigated the uncertainty, the vulnerabilities, and the, yeah. the risk-taking and fear of trying something new? And I, I think... Yes. Yeah. So the company we keep, or the company mm -hmm. I keep, mm -hmm. not yeah. being alone... Uh, also recognizing that anxiety, fear, uh, and so on, are, at least for me, are inevitable. Okay, sort of bow to the reality that they're just going to be there. Mm. Uh, but to do so in a way that, uh, uh, again, acknowledges that they're there, uh, but asks them gently, politely, firmly, if necessary, to go wait in the corner or go for a walk somewhere else and let me be about what I need to do now. Uh, so bowing to the reality that those things are there without giving in to them. Um, other ingredients. Uh, uh, vulnerability is an important word. Uh, and many of you folks uh, listening, certainly the company I'm keeping this evening as we're talking, are familiar with uh, the author, researcher, uh, Brene Brown does some really great stuff around vulnerability, uh, reminds us that uh, the root of the word, the linguistic root of the word, uh, vulner is um, wound. So vulnerability, it's about the ability, a capacity, a strength to open oneself to the possibility of being wounded. Uh, uh, emphasize on the ability part vulnerability that it's vulnerability is not weakness it is living into possibility uh, I think it's Brene Brown again has a maybe it's a YouTube video someplace I've seen her do a thing where she's describing or acting out for us uh, 
two signs in American Sign Language for vulnerability or vulnerable. And I wish you all could see the gestures I'm making right now. One is to hold one palm of your hand out in front of you and then uh, two fingers standing on that palm and then sort of falling to their knees, mm -hmm. uh, which is the more conventional understanding of the word vulnerable, it, it, signifying weakness, falling to your knees. But the other sign that she describes is more um, uh, points more to the sense of strength, of capacity, of ability, and that is to bring your um, to fists right in front of your chest and then open them and bring them outward, sort of like uh, opening your heart. Or uh, I like to think that it's like Clark Kent opening his. Um, mm his reporter shirt and tie it to revealing the superhero underneath. Uh, it's a gesture of, uh, uh, yes, of opening, of opening one's heart, of making oneself available to all that is to come, uh, including the possibility of wound, but also including the possibility of awe, wonder, connection, uh, contribution, um, that's another ingredient, and I'll stop here soon. But another ingredient that occurs to me is some sense of, I need to do this. I can't not do this because there is something to be offered that is needed, that someone needs what I have to offer. Uh, not in a self-aggrandizing kind of way or a self-promoting way, but uh, in the sense of we all need each other. And, and we all need the gifts that come when each of us shows up as the person we are uh, in response to the needs and hungers of our time. So that vulnerability, that, that ability to open up, uh, bring full true self into the world um, uh, is a, a gift to be able to, a gift to be able to give the gifts that you are into a world who needs you to be who you are. So those are some of the ingredients that occur to me. When you're talking about being vulnerable, very mentioned that many times as part of the key ingredient, and it really strikes me as why I, and I think many of us, continue to come back to gathering together, because mm. I think in order to do that opening up of oneself and being vulnerable, we want a safe spot to mm. do that, where we feel Mm. seen and heard and understood and not judged and the fear can dissipate and it's easier almost to put the fear in the corner like you said when there are others around you who are holding you mm -hmm. and see you and that's what I always get from this group and mm. I'm so grateful for it. and it helps even to fuel this podcast and this episode of being vulnerable and trying something new. And so that almost seems like a key ingredient too, maybe not for, for all people, but at least for me is having, a, having people that see me and understand and understand me. To see me, I think is the biggest thing though. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we see each other and therefore it helps propel the, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try something new. And you know that somebody's got your back. Yeah. Cheering you on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Thank you for that, Kelly. And trying something new may inherently mean you have no um, skill in it yet. <laughs> which yes. which is why the the vulnerability and the safety of of being seen is really important, right? Because um, because if we feel safe enough to take the risk, even if we suck, mm -hmm. we have the we still we're still safe. Yeah. In doing the new thing. Yeah, and uh, that willingness to fail or even eagerness to fail or, again, a willingness to sort of embrace uh, that I'm not good at this yet <laughs> is a key to learning. Mm. Uh, and um, is also sort of a reflection of the nature of things, right? That... Uh, uh, everything is being made new all the time. Uh, Sciencey people in the room help me out here, but I think it's proven or uh, observed that every cell that makes up our bodies is new every what seven years, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, something that feels like has been going on forever. I recently was at a gathering of retreats facilitators on the ocean out in California. Lovely, 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 of course. But I had a, a, a time spent just watching the waves roll in and was feeling under pressure at that point in my life in, in the year to uh, kind of get, get going with, well, the podcast or this urge that I've had forever to, to do some writing and one of the things that keeps getting in my way is that I don't know that I have anything new to say that hasn't already been said. And so I was beating myself up about that as I was watching the waves. And what the waves were teaching me that day, uh, a lesson that I still need to learn more deeply, but what they were teaching me that day was, all right, these waves have been rolling in and out of the California coastline for hundreds of thousands, millions of years doing the same old thing. You've seen one wave, you've seen them all. Except, of course, that that's not true. Every wave is new. Every wave is different. Every movement of each grain of sand on that shore has never been seen before in the history of the universe and won't be again. And so the waves were telling me, Johnson, chill. <laughs> uh, don't give yourself such a severe case of creative constipation uh, by clenching around the need to be um, so completely new that you don't actually take a risk to do anything. Uh, so this, this, this willingness to be not so great at it or to maybe not have... A completely new thing to say. Uh, the waves were reminding me, we've been doing our wave thing forever, and yet uh, each one is still new. So, yeah, unclench, have fun. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast, friends, is to just 
see what waves want to roll up on this shore and um, invite you to imagine what that could look like in your own life as well. I want to add on to the wave thing too. Okay. People still come back to watch the waves too. Yeah, they do. (laughs) So in addition to it's all new sand and new waves you see each time in a new flow, people still gather to witness that and glean something from it something powerful from that even though we've seen that type of thing before it still feels like we get something from it well put maybe some awe Okay, so Chris, um, over the years, I've I've heard you use this phrase, holding the paradoxes, mm. holding the paradox. I'm wondering if you can explain what that is and give some examples of what that is, especially when you're trying something new. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, it seems like in a lot of ways that we are living in paradox all the time, living in tensions between... Uh, for instance, the way things are and the way that we wish that they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and an image that is useful to me in terms of why it is important or even desirable to live in tension or paradox is uh, draw to mind um, a stringed instrument. Mm. That the strings on a guitar or a violin need to be held in tension mm-hmm. in order to be able to make music. If they're too loose and flabby, then it just well, it doesn't make sound, or it twangs or thwacks or whatever. Conversely, if it's too tight, uh, again, they can't make the music, and or they break. So holding in tension, holding things in paradox, uh, is really important in order to be able for your life to make music. Um, in terms of... Uh, holding paradoxes or holding living intention around trying something new uh, it seems to me that, uh, that those could include the holding the tension or living the paradox between on the one hand where you've been in the past who you've been things that are familiar to you on on the one hand or on the other where you're going uh, what is yet to emerge the possibilities that are just beyond the horizon another tension or paradox would be um, uh, um, recognizing limitation, boundary, uh, what is actually possible in tension or in paradox with pushing the boundaries, um, living into spaciousness or possibility, uh, reaching beyond the horizon or around the corner, stretching, um, uh, outside, you know, the uh, going outside the box, outside one's comfort zone. Um, similar, yeah, I guess I've sort of already uh, mentioned this one, but there's a, another paradox that occurs to me around trying something new is the importance of being true to who you are uh, in terms of gifts, skills, talents, core values, uh, being true to yourself on the one hand, and yet also... Uh, seeing where there is room for growth, for possibility, for learning, for change, uh, 
um, uh, maybe who I've been is too mired in or or held in a stranglehold by ideas that are whose time has passed or uh, by practices or ways of being that are outmoded that uh, no longer serve me well habits and patterns of mind attitude belief behavior that maybe did serve me well um, at a former point in my life but uh, simply uh, that are that i've outgrown uh, so again that paradox or tension between being true to who you are core your core self and recognizing that core self is always being invited and beckoned to to new horizons, new possibilities, new expressions, um, and new ways of being in the world. Uh, again, all about holding just the right kind of tension so that uh, the music of your life can sing and play itself into the world and join. Here, I'm going to boy risk becoming all poetic all of a sudden uh, that the music which is your life can sound in harmony with um, uh, the other people and and beings on the planet uh, who are making their own music and and we all live in times that are yearning and hungering for um, for music for ideas for ways of being that um, uh, that can that can sing the world together rather than tear it apart. Um, there are too many ways in which we're coming apart, and we need we need each of us to show up as the people we are and the people we can become uh, to make things better. That's where I'm going to stop with that one. Uh, Kelsey, Colleen, Kelly, what a complete hoot! Be trying <laughs> to be trying this new thing with you, uh, folks who have been listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you for trying this new thing with us. Uh, thanks for your patience with the ums and the uhs and the uh, flubs here and there. It's all about trying something new, taking some risks. Uh, there will be more to come. Come back for more. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Thanks for listening. And now, we leave you with a couple big questions of the week. First, what is something new that you've wanted to try for a while? What risks do you feel like you're being prodded to take? Where is that prodding coming from? And why now, at this point in your life? What's the worst that might happen? What is the best that might happen? What does trying something new teach you about yourself? What might you need to unlearn or let go of? And finally, a practice to take with you. This one, in the spirit of starting something new, this practice would be simply try a new way of doing something that you already do. Try a new food. Learn to roller skate. Take a different route to work or home from work. Brush your teeth 
with your non-dominant hand. Again, just try to shake it up a little bit. No jumping off cliffs here necessarily. Uh, but again, just stretch yourself. Go out of your comfort zone. Try a new way of doing something that you already do and see what happens. What do you notice? What does trying something new, again, teach you about yourself? Thanks for listening. This is Chris Johnson, and we hope you'll tune in again for the next episode of Pause, Purpose, Possibility. Exploring meaning and connecting with true self.